0: All right, Matthew twenty four.
1: If I read all the notes I have tonight before me, we would be here for quite some time. So I won't do that to you. But I'm looking at a uh, number of things, number of things that that I pulled together probably a few years ago, as well as some things some other folks have pulled together. And I have some other things working in my heart to consider. But Matthew 24, 15 says, When therefore you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let him that readeth understand. Here's the obvious thing with what's said. If I want to understand this, I would probably need to go to Daniel and understand what, the Daniel, what Daniel the prophet said. But then, but then here, even to get a little more obvious with this, Jesus said, then let them that are in Judah flee into the mountains. Let him that is on the housetop not go down to take out the things that are in his house. And let him that is in the field not return back to take his cloak. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, and pray you that your flight be not in the winter, neither on a Sabbath. For then shall be great tribulation, such as have not been from the beginning of the world until now, nor no, nor ever shall be. And except those days have been shortened, no flesh would have been saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened so
0: there's an abomination of desolation
1: according to jesus and according to jesus it's going to come upon jerusalem
0: you know to emphasize this in matthew 24 this whole
1: dialect came out of what, you know, they want to show Jesus the temple and the buildings of the temple and Jesus saying to them that, see you not all these things, not one stone shall be left upon another. So, so he's telling them when you see the abomination desolation, no, you know, flee Jerusalem. Another place in Luke, If you go to Luke's gospel,
0: and uh, chapter 21,
1: verses 20 through 24, says, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Now,
0: an interesting concept. This happened. Jerusalem was surrounded with the Roman armies, and Jerusalem was destroyed. Now, for this to be a future event, God would
1: have to bring, and some people believe this is going to happen, bring the Jews back to Jerusalem, surround them with armies again,
0: and destroy the city again. Now, to me, that just doesn't make sense. At all. Now, one time in my walk
1: with the Lord, and in maybe I should say more of Christianity, I, I was born again. I was walking with the Lord to a measure. I believed that. I believed that there was coming another temple in Jerusalem. I believed that you, you know there was coming this utter destruction. I believed, I don't know if I even believed it was coming up on Jerusalem or the whole world. I I don't know what I believed about Matthew 24 to be truthful. But
0: as I began to look at it and search the scripture,
1: this, I believe with all my heart, is fulfilled, not in your future, but it's it's in the past.
0: The abomination of desolation come, stood in the holy place, and the city of Jerusalem, the temple in Jerusalem, was torn down. Just like the prophets declare.
1: I believe, I believe, and I, and I can't show all of it, but I believe that the woes and the pestilence and so forth in the book of Revelation I believe, is speaking of that very thing, not a future event. Now, that's me. Now, what I believe is a future event, is a, is a current event, and a future event, is that the increase of his government has no end.
0: Now, I believe that's now, and I believe it's future. And I believe if we get a hold of this, it's really good news with where we live, because we're participants in the kingdom of God. And to me, that's incredible.
1: But as we dive into this, and, and, and we'll probably dive into it for two or three lessons, probably at least three, but we'll see how the Lord leads, because I thought we were going to be in the other one longer, and. And I may have tried to insist to go there, <laughs> and and the direction uh, of of what I wanted to even say, I, I just couldn't get the release to uh, to move in it. So I said, "Okay, Lord." So here we are, the abomination that makes desolate. Now, now in Matthew twenty three, flipping back to Matthew twenty three, I, I believe really sets this up. In Matthew twenty three, Jesus says to the, to the Jews there, now your house
0: is left to you desolate. Verse 38, Jerusalem, Jerusalem,
1: thou that killest the prophets. Maybe that's the abomination, folks. <laughs> they killed the prophets that came to them. And stone them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings. And you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And many of them
0: probably never said that, folks. Because desolation came upon them. They killed the prophets.
1: They killed Jesus. They, they cl- cried out to do what? You know, give us Barabbas. And then they cried out and said, let his blood be upon us. Now, if I understand anything about the old covenant. And what's declared in the Old Covenant, I have to see the fulfillment of the Old Covenant here. That God is going to raise up a prophet likened to his brethren in the book of Deuteronomy. We've talked about this a lot. Him you shall hear.
0: If you do not hear him, all these plagues,
1: all these curses, however it says, it,
0: are going to come upon this generation. It's going to come
1: upon this people. Those who refuse to hear him. And Jesus said to him, If you believe not that, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Now now, do I believe that has a spiritual implication to every man? Absolutely. But I believe it has a literal implication. And sometimes we don't think of it this way to Israel.
0: If you do not believe that I'm that prophet, you will die in your sins. Because there's no other cloak for their sins. So if they didn't receive him. What was going to happen to them is.
1: The judgment of the Lord was going to come upon their city. Now Jesus. What what if you really get a hold of this Jesus took their judgment. Jesus offered himself for every man.
0: So had they received him. Their judgment was taken from them,
1: but they wouldn't receive him, okay? So, so as we begin to break this down, we're going to go back and look at, at Daniel, and maybe I should read the rest of Luke there where I was at. I've got it here. You don't have to turn back there, but it says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is is near then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains let those who are in the midst of her depart and let those who are in the country who are in the country enter her for these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive to all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the
0: Gentiles are fulfilled. (laughs) Here we go. It's
1: desolation. These are, Jesus said, these are the days of vengeance. You
0: that stoned, killed the prophets.
1: And he tells them, he says, you're going, you're going to what? kill and, and stone and crucify and harm those that I send to you. And, and if you read your Bible, they do that. If you just read your Bible. They kill James with the edge of the sword.
0: You know, they stone Paul. They try to stone Paul to death. They beat Peter. Throw him into prison. You know, this goes on in that very generation. Not a future one. So the covenant comes forth from Christ to the Jews first. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So if I go back to Daniel and I look at Daniel's prophecy, or begin to look at Daniel's prophecies, there's a a lot to Daniel's prophecy. And I, and I may want
1: to read first Daniel 9, 1 through 3. We're going to read several places here in Daniel 9. It says, Daniel 9, 1 through 3, if you get to it, I'll let you get to it.
0: I've got it in my notes, and I can go
1: right to it. It says, in the first year of Darius, the son of Aserus, The seed of the Medes, who is made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years whereof the word of Jehovah came to Jeremiah the prophet for the accomplishing of the desolations of Jerusalem, even 70 years. And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So he understood the. He understood Jeremiah's prophecy, and he began to set himself to the Lord. And and Jeremiah's prophecy was was desolations that came upon Jerusalem. So Daniel's part of the captivity that's, you you know, taken captive in that time of Jeremiah's prophecy. Well, moving on to, to verse 15, it says, in verse 15, Daniel saying to the Lord, he says, And now, O Lord, our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten thee renown as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, let thine anger and thy wrath, I pray thee, be turned away from the city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain. Because for our sin. And for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are round about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hearken unto the prayer of thy servant, to his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations and, and the city which is called by thy name, for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercy's sake. O oh Lord, hear, O oh Lord, forgive, O oh Lord, hearken and do defer not for thine own sake, O oh God, because thy city and thy people are called by thy name. So Daniel,
0: begins to put Jerusalem
1: into remembrance before the Lord. And he begins to put forth that this is your people, Lord. This is, these people are called for your name. This is your city. This is your
0: house. And he is making intercession for them for the restoration of judah now in verse 24 here
1: the bible says 70 weeks are decreed upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy Know therefore and discern that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the anointed one, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. That's 69 weeks. It shall be built again with the street and the moat, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks, 62 weeks, shall the anointed one be cut off and shall shall have nothing. And the people of the prince shall come, Shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And even unto the end shall be war; desolations are determined. Now, now, Jesus is pointing back to Daniel about the abomination of desolation, and here the Lord through uh, Gabriel is is telling him that desolations are determined, and he and he shall make a firm covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and upon the wing of abomination shall come one that makes desolate, and even unto the full end, and that determined shall wrath be poured out upon the desperate. Now, Jesus tells them their house is left to them desolate." So, so the Jews in Jesus' day are the desolate. And now, some people preach that the Antichrist is going to come in and make a covenant, but I don't believe that's what this means. I believe Jesus made a covenant, it's what this is talking about the covenant he made, and he caused the oblation and sacrifices to cease. They were fulfilled why would they ever start again? That You would have to trample over the blood of Christ to ever start a sacrificial system again. God's people really need to hear this and be careful. Out of everything I say tonight, if, if we reinstituted animal sacrifice that could never take away sin, part of me believes that this was part of the abomination. Now, now, I believe that, that Titus or one of them entered into the holy place, okay? I believe that. I believe that, that maybe one of them was even the man of sin. I know the man of sin ha- signifies even us as a spiritual uh, fulfillment, as, as man sitting in the temple of God, but I believe that, that, that maybe the man of sin was Titus or one of the Romans there or, or even the high priest. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But what I want to say is after Jesus had fulfilled everything here Daniel spoke about, I believe I read they continued to offer animal sacrifices for a period of time. And in Hebrews, now, now this is a thought, where he told them where, where the, there was a warning not to go back. Was that what they were talking about? Don't go back and trample under your feet the blood of Christ to receive an animal sacrifice. Now, the reason I say this in the book of Hebrews, when the book of Hebrews was written, to the best I understand, the
0: old temple was still standing.
1: Okay? So... So I don't, I don't know the exact date they quit offering. I think the Romans forced them to quit offering at some point. But those sacrifices continued. Now, when the fulfillment had come, when Jesus had come and fulfilled it all, honey, that was an abomination. What they did, the abominable acts that they did, killed the prophets, didn't keep the Sabbath, worshiping idols. You can go on
0: and on. You can study it out. It's
1: all through the history of the Jews. It's right in your Bible. I wanted to get bold and say in your King James Version Bible, it's right there. You don't even have to read the NIV. You can find it in the King James. Um, That's a little humor. But here we go. So here you have a people that, that have disregarded the covenant, and they're doing their own thing, and even when Jesus shows up on the scene, I I think sometimes we miss it when he talks to them about traditions. He's not talking to them, to my understanding, about the Mosaic law. They have brought into the, you, you know, the law plus traditions. They have incorporated traditions into Judaism and created a religion of Judaism, not just the law, but a religion of Judaism. And their traditions were of no effect to the people. Anyway, I won't go there, but that had, just for a moment, I said I won't go there, I went there, but just for a moment. So so here you have 70 weeks determined upon a people. Well, 70 weeks is, is really... Seven years of sevens, of 70, I mean, and that equals 490 years, okay? So how do you get that? Well, you get that out of the scripture. You have to go through the scripture to get that. In Leviticus, for example, Leviticus
0: 25, you turn to Leviticus 25, verse 1, it says,
1: I, Jehovah, spake unto Moses and Mount Sinai, saying, speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them, when you come into the land which I give you, then shall the, shall the land keep a Sabbath unto Jehovah. So not only did they have a seven seventh day Sabbath, they had a seventh year Sabbath. And if you look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I believe that's why they were in trouble and why they had to go into captivity for 70 years because they disregarded the Lord's Sabbath. And he told them here, he said, six years thou shalt sow thy field, and in six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard and gather in the fruits thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath unto Jehovah, thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of itself of thy harvest thou shalt not reap, and the grapes of thine undressed vine thou shalt not gather, it shall be a year of solemn rest for the land. And the Sabbath of the Lamb shall be for food for you, for thee and for thy servant and thy maid, and thy hired servant and for thy stranger, who sojourn with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in thy land. Shall all the increase thereof be for food. So Israel was commanded to keep a Sabbath rest, a seventh-year Sabbath. So this is where the 77s come from, 70 years of seven, 70 years of of, of Sabbath. So in the seven, 77s, Jesus comes forth in the 49th week of that if I understand this correct and in the middle where he's anointed there and in the he comes forth I I believe at about uh 483 years uh I've, I've got that wrong but but he he begins to minister in that last week he's anointed and begins to minister and he's cut off in the middle of the week when he's cut off he fulfills all these things Daniel declares. So when you look at all these things Daniel declares,
0: Jesus fulfills them. He brings in everlasting righteousness. He, you know,
1: he, he uh, brings, he, he finishes the transgression. All of these things are speaking of Christ. He is the anointed of God. When the most holy is anointed, I've heard people say, well, that's them anointing the temple. And I want to go, people, come on. The most holy is anointed by John or by the Lord, actually, at John's baptism. Let me rephrase that. By the Lord, at John's baptism, he is anointed, made known as the anointed one of God, the most holy. There'd never been one anointed like this. If you you really get down to it, all the other anointings can't compare to this anointing. And then he ministered three and a half years. And if you take 70 of seven weeks, in the middle of the week, he's cut off. Now, now, my understanding is a lot of people believe that. But then they, they believe there's some kind of gap sitting out here. That they're waiting for the last three and a half years of this prophecy to be fulfilled. And here's, here's what I'm going to suggest to you. That when the apostles turn from the Jews or brought the gospel out to the Gentiles, those three and a half years were fulfilled. That
0: everything was done to the Jew first. Jesus came to the household of Judah, did he not? The apostles were initially sent
1: to Judah, to the Jews. Now, when, when Paul, I believe, makes the declaration, and he tells them that, you know, I'm, I'm turning to the Gentile, and I believe it, it, it's Philip or uh, that goes down into Samaria, and then you have, uh, who is it, Stephen or Philip with the eunuch. I may have, have the names mixed up here, but all of this is significant to the fulfillment because now the gospel has moved from being exclusive to the Jew. So the three and a half years are fulfilled, and the gospel has gone into all the world. And so this 40 years is transpiring before their eyes until its fulfillment at the destruction of Jerusalem. And Jesus tells them, when you see the armies come pass about Jerusalem, know that it is near, know it's at the door, and it's coming to pass. Now, why should I know that as a believer? Why even worry about it? Well, first off, you should know it because Jesus said it. <laughs> so so the, the first reason you have to know this is because
0: God put it in the Bible. Okay? Jesus declared. Now,
1: everything Jesus declared, according to John, probably didn't go in the Bible. Everything he did definitely didn't go in the Bible. And probably everything he said didn't go in the Bible. But this was important enough to go into the Bible.
0: So it's important to know. First off, second, the apostles,
1: Peter, Paul, and John, I believe, all are declaring this in their epistles, and people don't understand it. So they look at their epistles as something far out in the future when they're actually talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. That's getting ready to happen. I believe when Paul talks about the Lord being revealed in flaming fire, taking vengeance upon them, he is speaking specifically of the destruction of Jerusalem and not a future event. Now that's what I believe. You may not believe that, but I do believe that. And I believe it more and more, the more I look at the scripture. So, So it's important to know this and why it's important to know this going forward is to know your purpose as a member of the body of Christ. As you begin to understand this, you know, people call it the eschatology study of end times. As you begin to understand this, right, as as a purpose, your purpose is that thy kingdom, Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the purpose of the church is, is the declaration, the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Not, not to necessarily get yanked off the earth, but to declare
0: Christ into the earth. So
1: so if I understand this, is it has been fulfilled. Now, i told you all the way through this, I believe this has to be taken out of our heart, that the old system has to be taken out of our heart. And I believe in understanding this is part of the work that takes it out of our heart. I mean, the Lord takes it out, but it's understanding him and his word. And it, and it takes it out of the heart and it begins to establish the new. So we walk, walk into the new. We walk into an understanding of the new house, of the new covenant, of the new man, of the new creation. And we, and we know we're in the new and we're not looking for the old things to be fulfilled because we know Jesus has already fulfilled them. And it's important to understand that, that we, we become
0: stewards of the new. Now, I'm not looking for somebody else to fulfill all righteousness than Jesus. Now, some people
1: may be looking for someone else, but I myself, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not looking for somebody else to finish the transgression.
0: Why, Why would we do that?
1: Why would we think like that? Why we would think like that is because man has told us this. Man has told us this. Back here in Daniel, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression. Who finished it? To make an end of sins? Once in the end of the age have he appeared to put away sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, to me, all of this is Christ.
0: We have no righteousness
1: but him, and he is the everlasting righteousness. Everyone that receives him comes into everlasting right standing with God. And the right standing they come into is so powerful if we get a hold of it. As he is, so are we. Now, that's a pretty good standing with God. If I understood that, that that's the relationship that God has brought me into, That's if I understood that, and really to declare it, that's sonship. You have come into a place of a son. Now, you've come into that place, not any merits of your own, but you've come into that place by the Son of God Himself. You have become one with Him. So as He is, so are we. So we come into that place, and that's a place by the Spirit of God. And Jesus has completed
0: the old...
1: He's he's fulfilled... The scripture regarding transgressions, the transgression that was under the first man, Adam, that came upon the whole earth. Jesus took it in the body of his flesh and put it away so that you could live in a new man where transgression is no longer ruling. Do you understand that? Transgression isn't ruling in Christ. I wish we understood that. What's ruling in Christ is the work of God that he did in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, God desires that to rule in my heart.
0: Yes, not transgression. Not iniquity. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Where iniquity about a grace did what, Paul wrote? Much more exceed in the person of Jesus Christ.
1: Now, this is where we've come. So, so when I look back at Daniel and the abomination of desolation that was coming upon apostate Israel,
0: I want us to understand that is fulfilled. That covenant is over. Now, I may not have
1: all the answers out here for apostate man. I may not have all the understanding. But I do understand this. If you come and drink of him, out of your bellies, your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Understand that. He that hath the
0: sun hath life. Understand that.
1: So so if I go back to Deuteronomy, and real quick, I just want to read just a handful of things here, just just a few. And like I said, I've got so many notes, I needed probably another day or more to get ready ready for this. But in Deuteronomy 28, if I go back there and look look at it, and I, and I mentioned this before, in Ma, it's in Matthew 27, uh, where, they, where they cried out, all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. And then if I go back and look at Deuteronomy uh, 28, the Bible speaks, they'll be smitten with pestilence of every sort visited with plagues, violence, and oppression, struck by poor harvest, economic reversals, and loss of their children, besieged by enemies, and starved into cannibalistic practices, enslaved and scattered throughout the nations of the world, living in fear and despair day and night. Moses warned that the land of Israel would become a desolation if the people forsook the covenant It would become like Sodom and Gomorrah, a monument to the judgment of God. Now, this is in Deuteronomy 28.
0: Go read it. That it's going to come upon Jerusalem. You know, if you do not hear this prophet, this is coming. So when I flip over to Revelation and I hear, whoa, 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 whoa. This is in the prophets. Specifically toward Jerusalem. Now, again, I'm going to say this because I don't have all the understanding of the natural world. Natural world is in chaos. You, you, you flip on your TV, you
1: go wherever, you'll find out the natural world's in chaos. But the church shouldn't be. See, see, and what I just said to you is a big deal. The church should not be living in chaos. The church is his body, the fullness of him. So in the midst of chaos, we should be his body. The fullness of it. In the midst of it. So we shouldn't be being overcome with the world. We should be, like David Levester ministered sometime back, overcoming evil with good. There should be a different spirit in us, a different mind in us, a different understanding in us than the world. And we should be able to go into the world and compel them to come in to where we are. Now, where we are is the new Jerusalem, the city of the living God. We've, we've, we've heard that. We've read that. So we should be compelling people to come into this place of solitude and rest that God has brought us into. We, we have the answer for the world, folks. Now, Now, if we don't think we have the answer to the world, we won't give it to them. Now, if the answer for the world is just doom and despair, then, then we, that's what we'll give them. But, but if I believe that the increase of his government is God's answer, that he's to increase, Christ is to increase, then I can begin to declare that. If I believe that righteousness is to rule and reign in a people, not iniquity abounding, but righteousness, the standing of Christ with God in a people. I believe that. I'll go on record right now and tell you, I absolutely believe that with all my heart, that the standing of, right, of the righteousness of Christ is to abound in a people called the church, the Israel of God. That's what I believe.
0: It's to abound. because he rules. Adam doesn't rule. Satan doesn't rule.
1: Christ rules. Listen to me. The gospel declares a king. The kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of God and of his
0: Christ.
1: Daniel sees the night vision. What does he see? The Son of Man exalted to the throne of Jehovah coming to the ancients of days. Jesus ascending and receiving, being crowned with glory and honor, that that he had before the world was. But in his ascension, he's brought you and I with him to be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that's this righteousness abounding. If I'm seated in a heavenly place, then it's this righteousness abounding in me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He's overcome all things. So there's this victorious Christ that I believe in
0: that's more powerful than the devil. I believe in the victorious Christ. Yes, I do.
1: You know, the devil deceives man. Well, Christ has the power to change your mind, to take you out of the deception. You don't have the power to take yourself out. I'm I'm trying to bring this to a close. You can't take yourself out, but he can. He changes your mind.
0: He puts you in a new man. He fills you with his life.
1: He rules over the works of the enemy. He destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the
0: devil. Yes. That's the Christ you and I have to do to deal with a very victorious glorious king. Come, Lord Jesus. He's the Lord. Listen, come, Lord Jesus. The Lord is not Satan or Adam. He is the Lord. Anyway, I'll stop right here. Lord bless you. Brother Mark, go ahead.